You're listening to Games from the Cellar, the board gaming podcast featuring authentic board gaming conversations. I'm Steven, your host, and tonight I was joined by John, Sam, and Ed to play Unmatched. Tell us about Unmatched, Adrian. Unmatched, designed by Rob Davio and Justin D. Jacobson, was first published by Restoration Games and Mondo Games in 2019. There are several expansions, and tonight the panel played Unmatched, Battle of Legends, Volume 1, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Jurassic Park, Dr. Sattler versus T-Rex. <laughs> At the time of this recording, Unmatched has a 7.8 rating with 7,400 ratings on Board Game Geek and has a ranking of 238. It is a 2-4 to four player light complexity game that should play in about 20 to 40 minutes. Thank you for that, honey. Thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in-depth with Unmatched. So on the table is Unmatched. I have three sets of it. I have Jurassic Park, the Dr. Sattler and the T-Rex version. I have the Legends version, uh, Volume 1, which is the the first set that came out. And I have the Buffy the Vampire Slayer set. Does anyone else have any experience with uh, Unmatched? I have Epic Duels experience. Okay. Which is probably 20 years old at this point, and that's essentially what this game is based on. The original Epic Duels was a Star Wars game that plays very similar, supposedly, but it's on a grid. It's just on an old-fashioned set of squares, mm-hmm. and this has these point-to-point movement dots. All right, I've played um, I've played Epic Duels as well with you a few times yes, back in the day. And if I recall, so as you mentioned, it's, it is played on a grid, and you have characters that have minions, much like mm-hmm. uh, this has characters with sidekicks. Uh, like if you're Vader, you get two stormtroopers that yep. go with him, right? And yep. then uh, General Grievous has a couple of... Yep, Luke uh, and Leia are together. Han has Chewie with him, so it's just it's it's more or less the the pairs that you would imagine from the start. And it's a it's a deck of cards that you play from. So yep. you you have a deck that you pull cards from, and you you play attacks and defense cards against each other, and some special abilities. So in that way, the two are pretty much the same. Where I think this one differentiates the most is the use of the Tannhauser Pathfinder system, right? So, uh, Sam, why don't you kind of give us a brief overview of how the Tannhauser Pathfinder system works? So, as I learned, it has nothing to do with the RPG by the same name. Instead, what I assume you're talking about are the color-coordinated spots on the map Mm -hmm. where uh, they're connected by lines, and that's how you travel along them. You have to travel to a spot adjacent to yours and connected by a line. You can attack in melee if the spot is adjacent and connected by a line Uh, but for ranged effects you can hit anyone on the same color as you you don't need line of sight or anything like that it's just are they on the same color spot which is pretty neat it's it's you know it's a way to abstract out line of sight any any argument comes completely out of the picture yeah it's not like oh well if i draw the line this way i can see your toe but if i draw the line this way i can see your pinky you can't see so, me. You can't see the, the you know musket man over there through the orc's legs, right? Or around around the corner of a doorway for for indoor stuff. It's always the corners of the doorways that mm-hmm. screw up line of sight. And you have to try to figure out how that works. So yeah, you got a couple of the circles that have two, and on some of the boards, three different colors. And if 
if you can match the colors up, you're in the same zone. So you might have you might have spaces that are within three different zones. It makes figuring out line of sight and zones of control a lot easier. Like you can almost just tell it from a glance where, you know, in other games, like you said, you're pulling out a ruler, or if you're like really crazy into it, you're pulling out a laser pointer. <laughs> um, but you know, hey, it's like HeroScape where if you can see it, you can see it. And that's yep. like as simple as it can get. Yep. And so I, I enjoy this system. Um, it makes the maps a little confusing to look at where you kind of have to take a second to decipher what the setting is actually supposed to be. The one we have on the board right now, I think, is a there's an outside area and then two buildings. It's called the Bronze. It's from the Buffy set. It looks like it's a I think it's a school gymnasium. Really? And but it looks like it's got a catwalk <laughs> over top of it. It's something. It's it's something. Maybe it's a I thought caf- it was a dance hall. Maybe it's a cafeteria. I don't. Know. I thought it was a bar. It's know. not really. It's not really selling that. But aspect there's of there's it. a graveyard in the on the outside. It looks like it. Yeah. I, okay. I see the graveyard. I don't know. You got to look really close to see what it actually is. I think this one in itself is just confusing because but a lot of the other ones, the layout is a lot yeah. more. Yeah, they, appear, they appear brighter too. The colors but here are pretty, uh, mecha- pretty dark. Yeah, regardless of making it out, mechanically it looks interesting. Where you can see there's like isolated areas where you can see you chase somebody down, or you go up onto uh, this thing I thought was a catwalk, and there's a spot in the middle you have to go all the way around to get to somebody there, and you can go underneath of it, and that's neat. There's there's mechanical interest there even if visually it's kind of confusing i think it's just this map i okay yeah because look if you look at the other ones it's a lot more apparent what is next to each other yeah and and the colors are are much much brighter so it it also jumps off the table it it calls you it calls your eyes to it a whole lot better too all right so so we um, we just happen to be playing the night scene from buffy Got so it. so Chris is out of town, and instead we have my neighbor Ed. Ed has joined us today. Say hey, Ed. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, he said say hey, Ed. Hey, Ed. There right, you go. Thank you. Good job. I, I like how all the characters are different. They felt thematic. It felt like, well, kind of, Sinbad was a little weird, if I remember correctly. But yeah, so we we've only played with, we've only played with four characters. So of the ten characters, we've only played four. So we're going to. We're going to try to play four different ones so that we get a better idea of, you know, what each character brings to the table. So in our last game, I played Medusa, who's this ranged fighter who can pretty much like pluck away at anybody on the board, it seems like. I remember one damage a turn, no matter what. One damage a turn. That was nice. But then when I could get in and get the combo going, I could hit for I could hit you really hard. I think I hit you for like seven one turn. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Which is real nice. I mean, I healed for five next turn, but... Yeah. And then she also discards cards from your opponent, which um, is another aspect of this game. It's very... There's a there's a, a, a card management to this that isn't as apparent when you first start playing, but becomes more apparent as the game progresses. Because it was decisive. In, uh, so in, in that first in that last game we was, played, yeah. it was the it was the deciding factor because what ends up happening is you need cards in your hand to be able to attack and to defend, and if somebody is discarding your cards for you, well, you're losing options. And at the same time, if you are on the attack and you don't have any attack cards, you just have a bunch of defense cards. Well, all you can really do is move and hope to draw another card. So. There's this whole 
card management system that goes along with it that I find to be very fascinating because, as we know from Heat, I I really enjoy hand management and deck management type of systems. Is that the T Rex? Yeah, I was looking at the T Rex. It has twenty seven health. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the crazy. darkest wheel ever, it's which super is dark wheel, virtually yeah. impossible to read. Yeah, not a very great wheel. Yeah, well, uh, he doesn't have any sidekicks, so the uh, to that point on card management mm-hmm. that that bit me in the end last time we played in that i was king arthur dealing out whopping amounts of damage oh yeah big amounts of damage and and burning through cards right and that only at the end did i realize that i could no longer move without taking damage mm-hmm. yeah uh and i guess i just let my you know romano british warlord feelings take over mm-hmm. and chase you across the map when i should have just run the other way yeah and uh-huh. let attrition take you first because you had less health than i did yes so i was playing as dr sattler from jurassic park mm-hmm. and i convinced king arthur to chase me into the corner and then <laughs> delivered a knockout punch uh but it was, all he had to close. do was take a seat and take a breather and dr sattler would have killed herself for him yeah i had one health so the second i ran out of cards i was done Whereas I think you would have made it another turn. Yes. You had, yeah, because you had five health. So you would have taken four damage and gone to one health. And I would have been on the other side of the board from you with one one card and one health. And then John had Sinbad, who I think normally with a decent shuffle of your deck would have been an interesting character in that he gets more powerful as he plays the Voyage cards. But well, I think he would have been a more powerful character. Yeah. But just in general, if I recall correctly, he was a, a bit of a blunt instrument. He's he's a guy in the middle swinging a big sword. Mm-hmm. Didn't so, think he was terribly interesting. He's not. He's not. Wasn't terribly interesting. So, so I'm looking forward this time to to playing somebody that's got a little bit more, a little bit more creativity yeah, to I him. Mean, that's that's going the T Rex route. Uh, something tells me the T Rex is a pretty blunt <laughs> instrument too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I'm that's, thinking maybe Willow this time because she was she was a wizard in the show. So hopefully she's got some interesting things. And she's got that Dark Willow Willow dichotomy thing that's yeah. that looked interesting. I haven't, like I said, I haven't played her, but I've looked through her cards and I've you know read things online about it. And of all the Buffy characters, that one is the one that interests me the most to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. They all seemed pretty interesting. Of the four that we played. Um, they all seem pretty interesting, except for Sinbad, whose thing mostly seemed to be play cards, Head and down if you survive swing. into the end game, you get stronger. Whereas you know King Arthur had to deal with card management, and Medusa and Doctor Sattler were all about positioning. Yeah, I mean, I've so I've played Sinbad of uh, like at least four times online. I really think that the 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 card draw that you had kind of. I think that's what soured your experience because you got one voyage out and then the second voyage that you drew and essentially the only one that you drew for the rest of the game was the one that reset the voyage. It didn't make sense for you to restart it at that point. So it was... uh, Well, that was last time. Yeah, that was last time. That was last time. You want to see what happens next time? Yeah, I think... um, Well, I don't don't think any of us are going to pick Sinbad. Uh, I think we all need to pick new characters. Yeah, I think the four we played last time are off-limit. Any other... Parting thoughts before we get into the to the game here. All right, awesome. Well, we're gonna play, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, so unmatched is done. All right, so I played Willow. Yes, you played Willow. How do you feel about Willow, John? Oh, I was gonna 
do they know who we all played? I was the T-Rex because why the hell not? It did seem like a lot of fun. It did. You know, I could have done without the, the killing myself part and just like a smaller health pool, but at the same time... It uh, it was interesting. Uh, the the using your health as a resource was kind of a, an interesting take. I, I liked how you were this. You essentially you were a boss monster, mm-hmm. right? Like you totally changed <laughs> the way the game played. You weren't an equal competitor. At least it didn't feel that way to me. It felt like okay, there's the T Rex. Get away from it. Run away <laughs> because all of his cards say boost and they all deal like eight damage. Just go hide in a corner and eventually he'll fall asleep. Well, and with and with him standing in the very middle of the map, he could just kind of swing his head this way and that, and yeah, and it was and a, virtually own the entire. It was a bad map for interesting dynamic. The map didn't help. the The T Rex teleportation card seemed a little op and weird. Yeah, and that was a little... I'm, I hesitate to say it's a broken card. It might have been broken in this particular map, but it was just. You've got, all right, so the T-Rex's base move is one. So you've got this plodding along double-based figure that can attack two spaces away, but can only move one. And to move more, you're drawing more cards, and the T-Rex draws his own cards as it is. So eventually you're going to run out of cards and start having to deal damage to yourself, which I got right on the cusp of having to do. I, I thought it was interesting how I could only move one space. I think they then, had to give you a teleport But card. then there was that teleport card. Well, I mean, you can boost to move more. But that teleport card just, it seemed a little, it seemed a little weird. It seemed a little out of place. But, I mean, I enjoyed using it against you guys. Right, and, and from a from a setting perspective, why on earth does a T-Rex have a boost card? I mean, or why, why does he have a teleport card? It's, just, it's, it's a like stealthy an T-Rex. He's, yeah, yeah, because he shows, up, he yeah, shows up suddenly, and, and they don't realize he's there. And frankly... <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't realize the six-ton <laughs> animal that smells like an elephant is just... It's, is hiding behind the stop sign where you don't see it. Well, it was raining, so... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it is... It's thematic, Right, like regardless of you like how realistic the T Rex being sneaky T Rex is, is fighting Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Where yeah, just, there you go. Thematically, <laughs> That's the T Rex. In... Yeah, so thematically, the T Rex shows up unexpectedly and jump scares people. Right, that's what the card is. It just so happens this map is incredibly interconnected. It's very small. It's it's very claustrophobic. There's unless you're on that parapet up top. This was this is where you guys were safest. Right, up but there. but even then, I mean, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Right, the T Rex can seven. reach two spaces, so yeah. there's like one space that you can hide uh, on the parapet on in each direction. Other yeah, it just especially with the zone hopping teleport card, you could get anywhere. And if, so, you were, if you're in the middle, you've got blue you have access to, you've got green that you have access to, you've got white that you ac- have access to. It's really the blue and the, it's really the brown and the light purple that you kind of have to maneuver, at what, I guess, in the, the light yellow over there that you yeah, have to maneuver and, around. But You know, in a, in a perfect world, we could have dodged you pretty easily, but... But even still, like, even if you're not... Even if I can't get to those colors, I'm usually close enough to be able to melee attack you two spaces away. So. Or I'm in one of those spaces keeping them out of there. Right. Yeah. That was that that was something I think really so you played. played Spike? Yes, I was I think I was also Spike from Buffy. With Drusilla. Yeah, I've never seen the show, so you guys will have to tell me. Looks like he's maybe like a 
He's a vampire. Is he a vampire? He's a vampire. Good with a, vampire, with a, bad s- vampire. A spiky, shocking white haircut. Okay. And, Is that James um, Marsters? I don't know the name of the actor that plays it, but it, it it's uh it, it you know the show was was very witty dialogue and very quick and, and even the bad guys are sort of lovable in their own sort of way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the kind of role, role he was. He was he was a baddie, but it's <clears> kind of hard to get all that upset about the baddies and and, and Buffy. So I think uh, Drusilla had a couple of extremely powerful cards. She was Spike's minion, where I just kept discarding all of your cards, Sam. Yeah, just over and over. That, yeah, I lost four cards to that in the, in this game, where that's really important. Um, and and frankly, like I think the T Rex was very well designed, actually. Like as, as far as boss characters go where one player is stronger but they're on a timer they have to chase down the other side and end it before they their strengths turn into a liability i think that's really cool i love it when games do that mm-hmm. um but spike felt weird to me because it was like you you have these shadow tokens that your cards incentivize you to play around and you're supposed to you know, lure people onto them. You're stronger when you fight near them. And that's cool. Uh, but it felt weird to me that you could just put them down at the start of your turn. Yes. I mean, it was, it didn't help. See, Spike had to get stuck in, right? He has, he has to be in there in melee against everybody else. And you guys were all ranged. Well, no, John was ranged. I was John all melee. Was, you were all melee. Well, yeah. I only fought you towards the end. So yeah. I again, I just, spent most of my time from, fighting John. From from my perspective, it felt weird because it felt like your character was... It felt like when you described him, it was like, okay, so he's going to put down these traps and try to create a favored terrain that you have to like lure him out of. And, and you have this back and forth where positionally you have characters that want to run all over the map and so on. He's a character that wants to like claim a piece of the map and... and you know, you have to skirmish in and out of it. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what happened. It was just, you you just made your favorable terrain wherever you went on your turn. It was more of a, if you ended your turn next to him, bad things happened. Yes. Um, which was a... Pretty easy to avoid. Well, if you're ranged. Right. If it's melee, I, I don't have a way to avoid that, right? I either... If you want to attack, I either yeah. start my turn away from him or I end my turn away from him, but I can't do both unless I just don't interact. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a weakness in the design. I, I think it's it's not an interesting decision point. It's just an on-off, when do I want to take this hit? Mm-hmm. It's interesting in that the, the shadows themselves don't hurt you. Yeah. They're triggered off the card, so it's not always... Uh, do I stand in the shadows and take damage? It's do I stand in the shadows and look at either look at his hand and see that he's low on cards or just hope that he doesn't have any cards because he's played some shadow cards. So mean, there's there's a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, they presented an interesting decisions for Spike, mm-hmm. right? Because you had all these cards that triggered based on the shadows. You had to think mm-hmm. about that. From the opponent's perspective, there wasn't really a lot of interaction there. No. Because you got to put the shadows wherever you wanted at the start of your turn. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to be on my character. Yeah. So if you were next, like you said, if you were next to me at the end of your turn, bad things would happen because I could just immediately put down a shadow on my character. Yeah. And then attack you and get the bone benefits right. from. Right. And as, and as a melee character with two actions, mm-hmm. I can run up to you and attack you. And end your turn and, next and to And end you. my turn next to you. Or I cannot interact with you. Right. 
because unless you come to me, then I can attack you and run away. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of a limited. Yeah, they didn't design or limited interaction. So I'm wondering because it says at the start of your turn, you may place a shadow token in any space adjacent to Spike or Drusilla. So not in the space with them unless Spike or Drusilla is next to Spike or Drusilla. Right, but there were a bunch of cards that I had in my hand that were like, "Put one on you." Okay. Right. Well, yeah, yeah it's the same point, right? Like if you if you ended up next to me, I would just put it on your person. Yeah, I mean that happened to me like three or four times. I think every time I ended the turn next to you, it happened, and it was. Well, I mean, it's kind of like when you were playing Doctor Sattler. Like, you just every, every time you moved her or Doctor Malcolm, you put the the other tokens down. The magic healing tokens. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. The and difference- all and all that really was doing for you was like putting a resource, on, making you move so that you could put a resource on the board to then use. Yeah. So that was that was a little different because the insight tokens that the scientists put down just incentivized me, the player playing as a scientist, to move around. I wanted to move every turn unless I didn't, if I didn't have the maximum amount of tokens out there, right? There were a couple cards that turned them into traps, um, but there were only, like, I think two of those in the whole deck um, compared to Spike's cards where you had, like, basically your whole thing was turning the shadows into traps. Well, yeah, or they they gave me some other advantage. I mean, playing from a... Having played it, I found the shadows to be somewhat underwhelming. Like, they were really helpful when they were really helpful. Yeah. But most of the time, you know, to your point, it was about trying to position you guys in a place where I could put down the shadows and take advantage of them. But half the time, you know, as you said, you're trying to stay away from me. So I've got to chase after you to either end my... It was a very binary decision space. It wasn't terribly interesting. Like with the scientists, it was, okay, I want to move every turn. That's what I want to do. I want to move around. I want to go to different places so I can put more tokens down. Um, And with Spike, I just felt like the shadows didn't have that. No. They felt a little little boring in comparison, where it's like, okay, they do cool stuff, but frankly, the cards may have well just said, do this thing without worrying about the shadows a lot of the time. Um, John, you played what? What was Willow's thing? Willow kept bringing people back to life, which she can <laughs> oh do four God. times. <laughs> uh, all so, I wanted to do is ki- kill a Jabberwocky and keep it dead. The Jabberwocky never came back. Yeah, it did. No, it didn't. No, it was no. the first thing that came. No, 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 no. That was it. Was Tara, and then I and then I brought back and Alice, Alice twice, yeah. and I had another card where I could do it again because I can go and fishing in my discard. So once I've played a resurrect card, I can bring it up again. So so that's sort of odd. And there's a bunch of cancel cards, but I think everybody has cancel cards, which we sort yeah, I think of we all have faints. Yeah, we in 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 our group we have an unwritten rule that that cancel cards are canceled. We're not a big fan of those. I didn't I didn't know about this rule. Yeah. Yeah. So I like them a lot because I like them a lot. Well, they just they just they seem to prolong things and and you think you've got an angle, you think you've got something working and it just doesn't. So, she was she was mad. she she was ranged, she could do some solid attacks and she had some odd magical effects and she sort of has this duality which I'll be honest with you, I don't think they I, I think they needed to play good willow and bad willow. Instead, it's bad willow and then everything else counts. Mm-hmm. So, from that perspective, I'm I'm not sure they they wrung her out as much as they could have. I kind of felt like it was it more interesting. Bad Willow and boring. Bad as an evil, not as bad as an In general, the, the game does not lift off the table. It just it didn't come to life when I played with Sinbad. He seemed like a big hammer. And you used him like a big hammer and that was Sinbad's thing. And Sinbad was actually kind of a 
you know, a cool guy in the movies. I mean, he sort of <laughs> managed to find a way out of everything, and he wasn't just a just a guy swinging a sword. And and Willow in the show uh, is a far more complex character than probably anybody else. Not that that matters a whole lot for the game, but I just don't. You know, this the way the two maps that we have played on so far played out. I think the map just isn't that important a feature of the game. It's about the card play mm-hmm. because it's so easy to get up next to the person you want to. Um, there's no real favored ground. Oh, I see, mean, I I disagree totally. I think the maps were actually hugely important. Nah, nah, no. Nah, okay. I, I think so, the games would have so, been totally different if we'd played. Okay, so so here's the three games that I'm thinking of as I'm playing this. The first one is HeroScape, which we did last week. And don't tell me that this map is within a hundred miles of being as critical as the way the maps play out in HeroScape. Now, HeroScape. I mean, I'll is agree a, with you there. HeroScape sure is a one hundred dollar game getting in used. I mean, it was a thirty four ninety nine game for the basic set. But but the the map in HeroScape allows you to be in a place where you are stronger than your opponents. You have better cover, you have more height, there's something there that makes you in a better position. And this it's more about, well, how do I weasel my way around to get to somebody? And in this particular play with the T-Rex being able to reach two spaces, you could just kind of stand in the middle and swing your head and mm-hmm. get to largely every space on this particular board. And I don't know. Yeah, this board this is, is the marmorial board for anybody who's uh, who's listening out there in TV land. So um, you can see there's a bunch of spaces in the middle, all of which are blue, and then there's blue on the spaces around as well, so all of those are in your zone. So the T-Rex is not only able to do his teleportation trick and go anywhere he wants. He also had that thrash move. Right, he's right, and and then he can reach the distance, which makes him, that, that he doesn't even need to do that. He's that much closer. So that that's game number one. Game number two, which is on my short list, is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer from Hasbro from 20 years ago, where the map is everything because you 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 barricade buildings to keep the baddies out. I mean, there's places where you can set up defense or you can set up offense, and the game becomes much more interesting from from that perspective as well. And then the final one is the Epic Duels, which is what this is based off of, which doesn't have this point-to-point movement. Instead, it's just a grid. Mm -hmm. And the maps have a little bit of interest to them. They're not just a big square grid. There's spaces where... In, in you know in true Star Wars fashion there's like a drop that goes down a million miles because every film has some place where people somebody plunge fall. to their doom all right those so there's no squares there so you need to work around those so you end up with these pinch points in the map where again people can set up a defensive position and I'm trying to figure out I'm just looking at this map put my glasses back on is there a place where two or three people could set up and say, I'm on defense and nobody can reach me here. Now with the T-Rex, the answer is no, because he can reach two spaces. Mm-hmm. So he can just reach over top of anybody he wants. I mean, this is a pretty defensive position. And I'm pointing to the map. I'm sorry, everyone can't see it. But there's one spot that goes from the middle of the like the garden area to the outer ring. Right. That At the top you, of the board. At the top of the board or the bottom of the board. depending. Well, well at the top, the top of the board, sorry. That... You could, if you held, you could cut off effectively like six, six pieces, six six spots. And that's what they But but they they can come in on the left and the right. Yeah, but it's going to take them a while to get there. All I'm saying is, like, I agree with you that, you know, this isn't the type of map that provides favored ground per se. But what it does is it divides the map up into sections to that. I'm just I'm thinking this game has more in common with Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. 
than it does with Heroescape or Epic Duel. So I, yeah. I, I have to say, my my opinion is is totally different from yours, John. Frankly, I love Heroescape. It's a lot of fun. Um, the terrain's really nice to look at. But as far as like actually playing the game, I don't know that I'm never terribly concerned about how to get somewhere. It's really just, am I melee? I'm going to walk in a straight line at the opponent and try to find somewhere that I'm taller than them. Well, that's, the that's what find, you do here. Finding somewhere that's taller than them but is what we're a, talking about. Right, but that's not because a terribly... Because that's extra, that's extra dice that you're getting sure, to roll. Sure, it's a, it's a cool mechanical effect, but it's not a terribly interesting decision. I'm never like, oh, There's, which way do I go? So, so just, I just walk there. What Whereas decision this, is this board so providing this you at all? This is interesting because of how everything's connected and you know how you have to, to flank around and go different ways because, a, like you said, this is primarily a card game where you have to draw cards to be able to attack and defend but when you draw a card you move you don't have to move but if you move you're forcing the other player to also move to catch up with you probably right and so movement also becomes a defensive and offensive consideration where it's not just okay i'm gonna go stand here and i get a plus one die it's okay i'm gonna go stand here and then on his turn He's going to walk up to you he's, and hit you. He's going to have to walk up, but that's... And, you're taking one attack away from him. You're taking one attack away from him. Right. But, but you're it's also losing you one, one attack to do it. But maybe that's a good trade-off. Yeah, especially maybe. if I've laid down smoke bombs everywhere. Right, or right, maybe maybe that's... I'm ranged and I'm going to go around. I mean, like we spent... Like the, the t- other time we played where Steven was Medusa, I spent half the game trying to get up to Medusa on the catwalk and I couldn't because the harpies were blocking everything. Because the movement was an interesting, that, important that is, part that of the is, game. That is the the one time that I think this game proved anything of interest was when he had three outriggers that could essentially defend him on three different paths. So I will give you that. Now, they're, they're one hit point creatures, so they go down pretty quick. Yeah, and then but, that was fine. That was the point. And then in this game with the T-Rex, I mean, sure, everything was interconnected, but I think that was a, a strength of this map. I think the T-Rex would have been much more boring on the map we played the other time Mm -hmm. where you had very clearly defined zones and buildings and everything was a lot more one color because we would have just gone in a big circle and the T-Rex would have chased us around and would have been like, all right, goodbye, Steven. You can't teleport in front of us now, so we're going to see you in four turns. Have fun with your card draw. Yeah, I'm listening to your conversations. I'm, I'm curious as to how much also who you selected plays into the question of terrain versus not terrain right yeah, so like that's in, the, a point. in this one right with steven in the middle right sort of controlled you guys to have to go on the outside right while i then used my pieces to either try to isolate you one at a time right or you, drive you, you, you in you, one direction right or the you other. were kind of skirmishing on the outside and, right so john both of your characters were ranged and with the way the board set up, you basically didn't have to move to attack. I think, oh, I didn't have to do all. anything. You just sat there and that's and why I'm saying that's, shot away. That may be part because of the reason you, why I yeah. thought it was boring. Because your range, I was all melee, so I had to like pick an avenue and be like, all right, I'm well, gonna I, get I, to I, here. I, and... I was all melee last time, I, I, and it was it was more a matter of either I can move or I can't, and it's either it, there's availability there, or there's not. There just isn't. With HeroScape, there's a wide open field, and you really get some choices as to where you want to be and how you want to work it. And in this game, that just doesn't seem to be available. I guess, I guess with HeroScape, in my experience, once the pieces clash, that's kind of where the game ends. That I've never seen it go where you like shift back and forth and move around. Whereas in this, like we fought 
all over this map and it's a smaller map but i thought it was really cool how like we went over the we went over the bridge and under the gate and around the different sides and through the middle and just all over the place all right so john made the point earlier and i i kind of agree like this is more the the main running gear and the main pull to this game isn't the map and the moving around on the map it's a part of it but I really think that this game is about the card play and the and the hand management and you know being able to manage your deck and your cards and losing two cards for standing next to the wrong person. Yes. Yeah. So. I or mean, or just getting your stuff canceled when you play it. Yeah, they can't. So yeah, the cancel cards. You know, the next we have, time we, we play have this, the un- we'll remove the cancel cards. We have the the we unwritten have. rule. I, I would say move remove one from each deck because I think everyone has three fake cards. Three of them, yeah. The no cancel card rule was developed because of Civilization, where like you could spend two or three turns. You could spend two or three turns to to build up to one action that could then be canceled, and you've completely. You're com- it completely hoses and derails your game. So, you know, something like this, it's just a simple card play. It's just, it just, it seems to be a way to extend the game by 10 minutes without providing anything that's particularly interesting. Yeah. There's no, there's no real value add to it. Yeah. And if it was something like, if you lose this combat cancel, I would be more okay with it than just completely cancel. Yeah, if 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 you put a couple if then else's into the picture where that where that sort of mixes there, then I think that would be more interesting. Yeah, but uh, all that to go back and say, like I like the idea of the map. I think that having the T Rex on this particular map probably is part of what is souring the whole idea of the map. I think if I had a single based figure that didn't reach, didn't have reach, and you know, was having to do the same man- types of maneuvers that everyone else at the table was having to do, I think it would have had a different experience but i think with just the 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 tight cluster of spaces in the middle and then the rate the reach that the t-rex had um kind of negated a lot of the interesting aspects of this particular map that's fair that's fair and i agree with you that the map is really a complement to the card game yeah um I think it's I think it's an interesting one. Like it's it's kind of the spice that brings it all together. I don't think it'd be a terribly interesting card game on its own. Yeah, but it's it's almost like how we said with you know Ark Nova, the map is really just a secondary cost. I I, I would agree. put this like just a like a like a, a degree higher than a secondary cost to play your cards, um, because there is the the where you are does matter. Where in Ark Nova, yeah, you get bonuses for places that you cover up but once you've done that like it doesn't matter I, I would almost say this is kind of the same i same type of idea where the map isn't the primary thing you're playing mm-hmm. the game with but it's important mm-hmm. you need to have it there i think this is done really well yeah i, I like this implementation of a map mm-hmm. and you know and it worked really well on tannhauser uh even though we played it maybe one time and I think at the time, even then, there was some questions to how Con- the- conceptually the idea of the way the map works is is interesting. I think mm-hmm. uh, the the biggest thing just looking at, it, I'm like, why is this map so small? I mean, and I realize you want people close, but in a game where you win by attacking, people are going to find their way to get close. This, they could have well, just made it bigger. Well, or you win by running the other direction. Well, okay, so that's I mean, a problem I'd be curious with the how rules. Much larger or smaller it is. I think it's just the the design of it. Or do you mean all the maps for all the? I just, I, I just. I think... mean, this map is very interconnected. The other map, you could actually be on the other side of the map from someone. This one's kind of circular, right? 
And so I just pulled out the map that came with Jurassic Park. Is it one-sided? It's one-sided. So the Jurassic Park set is two characters with one map, where the Buffy and the... So it's a a half expansion. It's a half expansion. I think even half a map. So that's what, five colors maybe? It's physically smaller. It's physically smaller, but it's only only for two players. So we couldn't have played four people on that map. That makes sense. But I think what you see is it's, it's definitely not as interconnected as the four-player map that we played on. So I could see where... It's kind of two regions. On the T-Rex paddock map, I can see where where you are on the map would play, as the T-Rex would play more of a role than it does in the map that we just played. Yeah, yeah this is a very interesting map for just two people. The T-Rex wants to be in the middle. It wants to be in the middle, and there's enough distance here that if they're on one side, it can't get them. So yeah, I think maybe the choice of the T-Rex on the memorial probably maybe broke the game just a little bit but i mean i still really enjoyed it i mean i had a great time i you know it's like you said sometimes you worry about having the quote-unquote boss figure and i think that everything um i think that everything came together really well with the t-rex to where it wasn't um it wasn't so insurmountable for you guys to 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 overcome. Yeah, I mean, I was worried about the T-Rex, but frankly, the thing that um, frustrated me the most, this game was losing the four cards to, to Spike's thing. That mm. felt cheap, where it's just like, okay, you started your turn next to him, <laughs> lose two cards. And it's like, okay, all right, well, that's cool. Twice. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that's the other thing that's interesting is even though the T-Rex felt very large and powerful on the board, you know, King Arthur's doing the same kind of damage. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Alice in big form is still doing the same kind of damage. And had John been able to progress Sinbad with his voyages, he would have still been doing the same kind of damage. It just, the way that it's presented thematically gives you that feel, well, this is a this is a big dinosaur going on. I, I think also you had a lot of cards that said... You know, draw more cards, take more actions, mm-hmm. keep doing. Yeah, things. I did. So yeah, I did. And, I and, did have the benefit of a couple extra actions as the game went through. Well, and, and in this game where you need a card to defend with, mm-hmm. like that's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. If you attack me, you know, two, three times, well, if I don't defend, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be dead. Yeah. So now I have to defend, and then on my turn, I've probably taken a little bit of damage. And I don't have very many cards, so now I feel like I'm on the back foot and like I'm on the run. Even if, you know, you're also hurting for cards, it doesn't feel that way because you're just going to draw them again on your turn. Yeah, I thought the T-Rex the T Rex deck was extremely well constructed. Yeah, I thought it was really well done because there was a cost to you doing that, but you had such a big health pool at the beginning, it was like, ugh. The T-Rex looked fun. Yeah, I you know, I had fun with him. Uh, I won't play him for a while just because... Plenty else to choose from. Yeah, we've got you know ten figures. I've played yeah, two of them. See what Buffy and this purple dude with a sword, uh, Buffy and Angel. Uh, okay, uh, those are the two that didn't get played. Yeah. Um, Buffy looks like she just punches things in melee. Yeah, she's, she's a little faster. She's a That's what she was in the TV show too. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's a, a melee stat check. Yeah, and, and then she's she, fast. And then you can kind of customize her deck by which uh, sidekick you. You add with her. So you can have one that is draw cards, which is the the Smarty Pants Giles, or you could add, um, who's the other one? Xander, who is, 
uh, a little more of a beat stick and will hurt your opponents. But you know, it's uh, of all of the of all of the figures that we did play uh, or we have played. I don't I don't really see one as uh, more outstanding than the other at this point. Oh, I, don't I, know, I thought King Arthur was pretty. King pretty Arthur's powerful. Yeah. King Arthur seemed pretty cool. And I, I suppose for the record, I played uh, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. and her thing was she can shape shift to be good at better at attacking or defending, uh, and her cards had a lot of movement tricks mm-hmm. that I yeah. made some use of. Alice has a lot of mobility, and then she has the ability to shrink and to grow. So the eat me and the drink me. If you're in big form, you get extra attack. And if you're in little form, you get uh, extra defense. Yeah. And, you know, the different cards switch you back and forth. So it's it's really interesting yeah, being able to manage to kind of go back and forth. Um, and, and Angel, the guy we didn't, when, the other guy we didn't see, his specialty is uh, when he loses a combat, he draws a card. Hmm. So more cards in the deck. Which and could be which could be a curse, as we've learned with the, uh, with the T-Rex. That's true. In, in both games, your deck running out, someone's deck running out ended up being a, a significant concern mm-hmm. um and and frankly i think i probably could have kited out this last game long enough for it to become a problem for both of us potentially yeah. yes um, i mean the fact that i still had two characters with substantial amounts of health yeah might yeah. have been able to box you in but it would have been much more of a pain yeah it would have been interesting uh, I, I, as it was i decided to just kind of run in and punch you but all right, so I think we've covered all of the characters that we have access to at this point. Uh, There's still, uh, I don't know, half dozen sets out there with probably another dozen, dozen and a half characters that we haven't played. So maybe one day we'll get to them. But I think now is the time that we we do the thing. As always, we're going to use the staple, the BGG one to ten rating scale. Uh, who who are we gonna how are we gonna do this? Uh, well, you guys won. So we won. Okay, so Ed was the last game. man standing. Ed is our guest tonight. Yes, thank Ed, you. do you want to go first, or do you want? Would you like for me to to, to lead the way and give you, you an you example? Lead, you lead the way. You're, okay, you're the experienced veteran. So, I bought Unmatched on a whim because I got an email from our local gaming store, Games and Stuff in Glen Burnie, Maryland, telling me that I had eighty dollars in credit that I needed to spend off, or it would go poof. And so I said to myself, um, I need to take advantage of this because that's my money and I don't want it going away. So I stopped in, I looked around and uh, I'd heard about Unmatched. I have memories of playing uh, epic battles with uh, with John back in the day. I like some of the properties that were showing up and they had a they had a set out on the table for you know for a show and tell so i kind of played around with it and i'm like okay this this is something i could get behind so i picked up the the legends uh the legends one set whatever the first base set is and immediately took it home pulled out the rule book read through the rule book immediately bought it on steam as well and played a few games of steam just to kind of get my my hands dirty and you know Getting it to the table, I had a lot more fun than I actually thought I was going to. I mean, I thought I was going to have fun, but I really enjoyed this. So John, I know, has his hang-ups, and typically we agree on things. I think me and Sam are seeing kind of eye-to-eye, and 
I'm pretty sure Ed had a good time. Mm-hmm. I generally have a good time. Yeah. Um, and we're glad to have you here, by the way. Thank you. It was good to be here. This is a perfect example of kismet coming in the form of a seven. It was just something that I picked up on a whim, and I didn't know how it was going to go, and turns out it was a seven all the way through. So I'm really glad that I was able to uh, to get this one to the table and just in the collection. All right, Ed. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm also a man of simple tastes. I thought the... Uh, I think I liked King Arthur from last time more than I liked uh, Spike. 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 Possibly just because I like my characters to hit people in the face with a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a history kind of guy. I'm a history kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think the also the combo where Merlin was ranged mm-hmm. and King Arthur was melee was a little more effective than two melee characters, um, at least on this map. Right, it was good to have both of them, and I could try to corral you guys. But half the time was just one person chasing after you guys to punch you in the face. But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. I I'm glad you didn't kite me around the second time, Sam, because <laughs> I'm so angry about King Arthur last time <laughs> when I should have had that. But uh, yeah, simple man, simple seven. All right, John, you you easily took MVP of this last game. I think just because team. I kept <laughs> resurrecting people. Yeah, you gave you resurrected me twice. Uh, Whack a mole. I, and, I and, have and, to vote. For, I have to give you MVP. And and my own sidekick once. Yeah. So yeah, and I had another one in my hand about the time I was dying. Yeah. So yeah, I it's have sort of to crazy. give you MVP. Well, I mean, I don't get MVP for actually killing you so many times. No, I, I say you get the MVP on this team. I I can't give MVP for your team, Stephen. Okay. Yeah, we'll, Thanks, we'll, we'll each vote our own MVP. I think that <laughs> seems pretty reasonable with two sides of the board. So, you, you know, I, I complain. First of all, this is a true team game, and I always say I like true team games. So God bless it for that. This is a game that you can sit down, and especially if you got a little kid that's playing, if you're playing with your son or daughter, they're a little bit younger, you're in a position to coach and stuff like that. So it's nice. It's from a family perspective, it's nice that you can be there for somebody who probably can't do it on their own. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, the... So first of all, I'm not a big fan of like magic or or Pokemon or that kind of thing where it's the card effects that are wiggling against each other and you know canceling each other out or trying to build off of each other. So and I, and I think the heart of this game is the deck. It's not it's not the map. I think the map is just sort of an add on. So um, I'm a big fan of maps. These maps didn't really do it for me. So from that perspective, the game just didn't come alive for me I don't, I don't think it's a bad game um it's it's yet another game with big asymmetry which is the thing now is that everybody is playing it by a different set of rules um the other game it reminds me of is villainous and it almost looks like it's sort of they said see that boy that villainous really works maybe we can sell one of those and make some money off of that as well it's just a, it's obviously I mean, it's not the plays Disney totally differently yeah yeah it's it's the it's the feel is the same and this is also a restoration of a game from the early 2000s. So yeah, and I and and frankly, I I think they got a little they overthought it. I think they would have done better on the more traditional maps from the original. You could have done this exact same game on on that square grid with with more uh, open space. Um, the ranged weapons can shoot clean across the board on that space, so you could find some very interesting things. And when you were moving, you always had to be keeping an eye on the two sidekicks that the other guy had, because even if they're on the far side of the board, they could shoot you with their laser or whatever. And so so I think they gave away some of that um, 
life that comes out of that game. So Epic Duels, which is is the harder one to find. That and Buffy was the other game I mentioned. Buffy is very easy to find if you're interested. Go look on eBay or go hit your local thrift store. You're going to find it soon enough. But um, it's just it um it just sort of didn't it didn't ring the bell. So I I, I realize that's a really you know <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not providing a whole lot of justification for it other than saying it it didn't do it for me. That's, that's enough. But that's what it boiled down to. So I, it, this is a seven wannabe for me, and I'm I'm not going to turn down a game if you guys want to play again, and that's fine. Um, I'm certainly going to try new characters pretty mm-hmm. much every time because I don't I don't think this is a, the decks aren't complicated enough where you can you're going to say I'm going to be a Willow player until I figure it out mm-hmm. because you're going to figure out Willow the first time you play or yeah, any I mean, other character yeah so second so, time you're going to be an expert in anybody yeah yes. so 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 I think I th- I think it's a light game and I think it's doing a light game's work and that's fine if you if you're interested in cracking open a couple of brews and doing this then it's the kind of game where. Um, maybe not being 100% on your game isn't going to affect your enjoyment of it too much. Yeah, and, you know, the games weren't too long. I, I would say no. for a four-player for a four player team game, it probably took us about 45 minutes to I would hour. guess 40, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I can always go back and check the timestamps, but I really think that, you know, putting getting everything put together and picking the characters it, from start to start to finish probably under an hour. So, I mean, it's it says 20 minutes on the box, but I think a one-on-one battle would go 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Four people, definitely not 20 yeah. minutes. It's depending on how many times you can resurrect. Oh, my God. Yeah. How many times <laughs> did I have to kill Samuel? I mean, I love killing Samuel in games, but that was... Well, that's fundamentally it's another I cancel appreciate... card. All this work that I did to kill that character, and there she is, right back on the board. Right At least where it was only her. three health. If it had been more than three health. I appreciate the in-games caveat there, Stephen. <laughs> that, that one's doing a lot of work. <laughs> Sam, what do you what do you got for us? Uh, so, you know, I, I think as, as, as is fairly usual, I'm going to disagree with John. Because um, I really like this. I had mm-hmm. I had a blast. Um, I had a I had a good time winning. I had a good time losing. Uh, somehow I even had a good time getting resurrected and then immediately killed off <laughs> twice. Twice. Um, I wanted you to stay dead. And you know what? That's fair. You were the last person on your team. I was. I was somehow. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had a really good time with this. I felt like the map really made it click. I felt like it added a lot. Um, the card play wasn't terribly complicated, but it was interesting. I think John's right. This is a light game, mm-hmm. but there's a place, there's a place for light games that you pull out and you knock it around for a bit and then you pack it away. Um, going back to that, I, I appreciate the fact that the, the card play is very simple, but it feels like it's combo-y. It has, yeah, there, so you don't have to string together like two or three cards to get you know the effects that you want yeah like it all comes boiled down into one card which sounds weird but it's just a feeling that i had like you know like when you're playing your commander deck in magic it's like you've got that four card combo that can like well i think put a smack on somebody i think it's because almost every card in the deck i mean there are only a couple cards that were the same for everybody Mm mm-hmm um, so almost every card in your deck is something that is unique and special to your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except it, those faint cards. Well, that it's the faint cards that everybody had, and there were the regroup cards that everybody oh, had. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but every other card in your deck was special and unique to your character, and it, they felt nice to play most of the time. Really? I would like to point out, 
T-Rex does not have a faint or a regroup. Oh, well, see? <laughs> he really is the boss character. Um, but that's part of what makes the game fun, mm-hmm. right? Because every card, basically, you're like, oh, what does this card do? That's cool. And there's only two or three of them. So each one feels like a limited resource. And there's teeth in the card management where you're going to run out of cards and then you're just not going to be able to block and the game will end for you. And I enjoyed that, you know? So, you know, I, I think I've got to got to put this one in as a, a smooth seven. I would gladly have this on my shelf. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we've, we've run this one through as much as we can. Uh, does anyone have any parting thoughts before we... Uh we ship this one out i want to play the t-rex next time that should be easy i i will make sure to pick a ranged character <laughs> king arthur versus the t-rex oh uh, that'd oh, be man, that's interesting a, that'd be an interesting head-to-head you know you know the one thing i will mention real quick um some of the boards are a little dark but all the writing is real easy to see even with my old eyes so from the from a delivery perspective i, th- I think they did a nice job it's a very the usability on this game is very high so mm-hmm. i'll just mention that for people that have um, eyesight problems. Yeah, and even even the different colors have different textures. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm not colorblind. I don't think anyone at the table is colorblind, but I, I feel like that would be very helpful to the colorblind yeah. type of people. So, yeah, I think, you know, the presentation here, there's a lot there's a lot that they did right with the presentation mm-hmm. here. And the miniatures mm-hmm. are nice, too. Yeah. The miniatures are nice. They got the colored bases that help you uh, identify who is help who. Help identify and what is what. Uh, the dials for tracking health were solid, and, mm-hmm. and and then you know the characters that needed special, you know, pieces of cardboard had special pieces of cardboard. Like the Alice has a keyhole that shows her big and shows her small, and yeah. you know Spike had his little shadow tokens, and then Willow has the little uh, good Willow and good Willow, Willow, bad Willow. Oh, the so, insight tokens from yeah, Dr. Yeah. Sattler. So, I mean, there's a lot going on here, and I think from a production standpoint, they've done everything right. So, bravo, Restoration Games, um, for really excellent production. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yep. Sounds good. On behalf of Stephen, John, Sam, and Ed, thank you for joining us in conversation about Unmatched. You can join us in conversation by visiting our website, gamesfromthecellar.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. Speaking of Discord, our first Vote What We Play poll is live. If you want a say in what we play in May, (laughs) (laughs) be sure to join us. We look forward to hearing from you.